The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, welcome back to another edition of NASCAR America at Home. Steve Letard here, Jeff Burton, with a special guest, Paul Wolf, crew chief of Joey Logano. Paul, appreciate you joining us, bud. Yeah, man. Good to see you guys this morning. It's been a while, but uh, things are good. You win. you win. Your background wins. So we've been doing a lot of these, and your background wins. That's impressive. Yeah, thanks. It's, uh, it's uh, a big change uh, from what we're used to, I guess, but uh, it's, it's all good. Enjoy it. So I know Jeff has a lot of questions. So do I. You know, I was I, I held the position that you have currently as crew chief for years, but never in a situation like this. You just mentioned that you were just doing a call much like this with your engineers, your driver who happens to be at the hospital, just had a baby. Pretty chaotic times for the 22 car. Yeah, but uh, that's the thing. It just shows you our driver how involved he is and, and wants to be part of everything and understand what we're doing. It's you know, obviously spent a lot of time um, these last couple months just, you know, talking through a lot of stuff. Obviously, can't be at the racetrack or do any testing, but a lot of open communication um, with my engineers, and, and Joey's been a big part of that here the last couple months. And if nothing else, he's just there to listen in to kind of understand what we're thinking, how we want to approach some different things as, you know, obviously we're only four races into the season. Um you know, when we got shut down and um, there's still a lot of learning to do with the new driver and the team. So um, it's been going well and uh, obviously things things went well for him and the baby and like I said, he's down at the hospital now and uh, he said everything's good. So that's exciting news for him. Well, Paul, you mentioned four races into the season. Y'all won half of them. So off to a uh, really strong start. But now we have a schedule. Now you know you're going to Darlington. Um, how – have you guys prepared getting ready for Darlington in this new environment? Yeah, it's tough, Jeff. Like you said, we've, we've had four races. We've, we've had some success, obviously, which is good. Um, the other thing that we're fortunate is we've, we've seen a few different styles of racetracks, which is, is always important when you're trying to build that new notebook with a new driver and things that work and don't work. So uh, we kind of look at what we've done uh, to date in those four races, um, different style racetracks, different – tires and, and whatnot, and then um, kind of look at what we've done at Darlington in the past uh, with Brad, what's, what's worked for us. Fortunately, Darlington, we've had some success there. Um, you know, not, not a lot of uh, history with this package, obviously just one race, but um, overall we've been, been pretty good at Darlington. So just kind of looking at everything, um, going back through history and um, trying to come up with a plan Obviously, there's not going to be any practice, so um, you've kind of you've got what you got, I guess, when you unload. Um, the biggest challenge for us, I think, as you know, Stevie, as a crew chief, is um, you know we know how sensitive these cars are to splitter height and travels and things like that. And I think making sure we we get as close as we can on that stuff is going to be very important. I think as I look at just the basic setup of the shops and springs, I have a lot of confidence in what's worked for us and, and where we need to be there. But 
getting those travels right, splitter height, and then just kind of like your overall balance. That's that's the key key focus for us. You know, when I think of racetracks, Darlington is probably going to be the toughest. I could Darlington or Bristol would be the two toughest to have. No practice, no guests, just the variety of corners. But I want to talk about your role at Team Penske. You know, the role as crew chief, I think, is pretty well defined over the years. But in these times, in, in these crazy times, and everything that's going to be required to get NASCAR back on track, which I am so thankful we're going to see here in a little over a week. How about you within Team Penske? Like, are you helping? Are you responsible trying to manage the personnel, the equipment? You know, how much are you handling on the 22 car versus the company as a whole? I think it's kind of a team effort for sure. Um, there's a lot of a lot of um, meetings between the crew chiefs and our competition director and, and some of the, the management back at the shop. But um, as we talk about the challenges just at the racetrack and setting the race car up, I think with everything that's going on, there's going to be bigger challenges of just how we prepare, like you say, um, with all the social distancing, um, we have to respect all that. And, you know, the scheduling, we're running split shifts at the shop to try to limit the amount of people in the shop at a time. Um, we have to keep, you know, the traveling road crew, like my, my guys that work directly under me, separate from the guys in the assembly shop, the fab shop. So trying to schedule all that and understand, you know, the pass off of the car from, from the assembly shop to, to my guys for the final preparations, the checklist, the final scale, those types of things, running it through the Hawkeye. Those are some big challenges, and we're going to, I think, really start to understand that um, this coming week uh, up, to, up to now. None of my guys have been to the shop yet, um, but uh, we're going to get back after it uh, on Monday. And once we get in there, we'll have to figure out how we're going to adapt and, and make it all work. But uh, there's going to be some challenges along the way, and, and um, we'll have to sort through them kind of as we go. So, Paul, one of the things that I find really interesting is that in addition to all the things you have on a normal weekend, you also have all these protocols that NASCAR has put into place uh, in order to have a race. Uh, and they've announced if the, if the crew members and people don't do what they're supposed to do, they're going to be fines and you know, people are going to be leave the racetrack. So that adds a whole other level to your management or to you for each, and each individual on the team. So how does your team, how does Team Penske relay that information and then make sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing? Yeah, that's a great question. I think we're, we're still working through that, you know, all of the, uh, the protocol um, information that's been sent out uh, to the teams. We've kind of at least distributed it out to the guys that will be traveling just to give them something to, to look at and understand. And then, like I said, as we get together next week preparing, we'll have to have the final, you know, the final talk of, of how it's all going to work. We're still waiting to understand, you know, the exact scheduling of how – when the teams are going to go in, they're going to be staggered times of when teams can enter the racetrack and kind of go through all the screening. Um, you know, the, some of the basic stuff of, you know, wearing the mask and keeping distance and things like that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be an area where we really need to learn how to adapt. I mean, it was, I went to, over to our seven posts this week and, and showing up there and having to get your temperature taken. And, and then, like I said, put, put on the safety equipment, the masks and things like that. It's, as I was sitting there working at the seven post with this mask, I'm looking over at my engineer. It's just that it's a whole new, whole new era, you know, and, and it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's hard to understand at times, but um, we know we have to get back to business and get back to racing. And um, 
we'll have to take whatever steps ne necessary to, to keep it safe for everyone. That's obviously number one goal is to keep everyone safe. Um, but from there, I think as an industry, I, I really feel like the product we're going to put on the racetrack hopefully won't look any different. Uh, maybe it'll be better than, than what the fans are used to. Obviously, there'll be new challenges for, for the teams and not having to practice. So who knows how exactly the race will look. But uh, I think our goal and the job of everyone involved is to, to make the product as good as it was, if not better. And I feel like we can do that. Jeff will tell you, I've always been a um, team no practice. When everybody says, should we practice or should we not? I'm in the no practice category because I do think <laughs> it adds an element of surprise to the teams. But it's just not, you know, limited to no practice. It's also four races inside of 10 to 12 days. Um, that would be difficult in my mind full staff, no restrictions at the shop. In your mind, is that four totally different race cars? Do you just have to have them all ready and, and kind of take them as you go? You know, at what point do you make concessions just to put solid equipment on the racetrack and maybe not take advantage of everything you, you might be able to in normal circumstances? Yeah, it's uh, to your point, I, I made that same comment to someone not too long ago. It's, uh, you know, how challenging it would be in normal times to, to try to race twice in a week, right? There, there's a lot of preparation and planning and things that go into just putting, putting on one race. Um, but as you look at it, it's like, well, you got to look at it from the aspect it's, it's the same for everyone, right? So, so to me, that means there's opportunity there. Anytime we see a change or something different, there's always opportunity. There's going to be teams that figure it out, figure out how to do it faster and better uh, out of the gates. Obviously, uh, everyone in the garage is very smart, and they always catch on eventually, right? But there's opportunity here early on. It'll be a challenge. Um, we're fortunate we've, we've got a pretty good fleet of cars to get going here and we'll be running, you know, different cars at each of these events coming up. We're not planning to have to use it twice or anything like that. So if we do our scheduling right in, in the planning part, um, we should be able to have what we want car wise. Um, now getting them prepared and those things will, will be challenging, like I said, but, um, the car should be to the same level they would be uh, if we were working on, on a normal schedule. That's, that's our goal. So we, we talked a lot about protocols and, and vehicles and, and the, the rules and not, not qualifying, not practicing, but, you know, this is, a, this is a human sport. And so you guys and your driver have been sitting on the sideline for, you know, a long time without racing. How do you get everybody re-energized, uh, get everybody focused, ignore the distractions and go to work and and uh, by the way a job we all love but you still it's performance it's sports so how do you get them back into that mindset yeah it's a that's, that's a tough one like you said we've, we've been on the sidelines for a while here now um, the biggest thing is try to keep in communication with the guys obviously we haven't haven't sat down together in person but uh, we've had a lot of calls like this and, and just checking in on everyone and, and talking through it um Joey and I have communicated a lot through all this. Um, he's, I think he's, he's doing as well as anyone at trying to, to make sure he's prepared. And, and he's a guy that I've seen over time that does very well at adapting um, to, to changing things, cars, um, style of uh, aero packages, things like that. So I think from a driver perspective, I think we're, we're in a good spot with him. And um, from the team aspect, like I said, we're going to continue to communicate. I think one thing that probably we've all learned through this um, is, is what's the old saying, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And I think 
you know, speaking with all of my guys, I think we all miss it. We, we realize how much we love the sport. I think when you get into the grind of this, you know, week in, week out, sometimes it could, could seem like you need a break, but uh, I don't think anyone wanted to take a break for two months for sure. So I think the guys themselves are, we've got a good group that's got a good bunch of racers on it and, and they miss it. They just miss being at the racetrack. And I think having the time, uh, you know, is good. It's, we've all been able to spend a lot of time with our family, which is important. And we don't typically get to do a lot of that in this sport. But uh, I think it, in, in a way, that's, that's energized everyone and, and they're ready to get back at it and, and start competing. So um, we'll, we'll take it uh, day by day, but uh, I, I feel good about what we've got. So, Paul, we've talked a lot about the schedule, the cars, the people, but how about you? You, your wife, two children, someone who is routine, I'm sure, is leaving before the sun comes up and getting home probably when the sun is no longer up. I know you're an avid cyclist. You get outdoors. Like, how have you been holding up with the family? I agree. I've got to spend time with my family. It's been great, but, but it's hard to draw that line. Like, I see you sitting in your office, right? Can you go in the office, close the door, and, like, get to work and then come out and be a dad? It, it becomes even more blurred staying at home, it seems, but it's a great time it, to spend with the family. Yeah, it, it is a challenge for, for sure, Steve. And, you know, I've, I've been able to spend, spend the time. And, you know, my boy, is, as you guys know, is, is – is, you know, he's a racer too. I've got him in a go-kart now, so we've been able to, to spend some time at the go-kart track with him and, and getting laps in, which is nice. Um, and then the whole homeschooling thing, right? We're, we're all trying to figure that out. And you know, I give my wife credit. That's the one thing through all this. You realize how, how tough it is to, to raise kids these days. And um, she, she does a great job with the, with the homeschooling. I, you know, that's something I, I struggled myself just getting through school. Now I did, but but it was a struggle along the way. So for me, for me, playing teacher isn't uh, isn't ideal, but uh, definitely uh, we we've done well with it. I think, like I said, I'm I'm ready to get back to the racetrack for sure. I mean, that's that's what we do. That's what we love. And uh, I definitely miss that part of it in the competition. So um, we're, we're we're ready to go, and uh, hopefully uh, we we can move forward and, and pick up where we left off at Phoenix. You know, like I said, we had had a great start to the season. Um, and I think we've, uh, we've still got room to grow and be stronger. So, Ms. Paul, i got one more question for you. So, you know, about you again. And, and uh, you've had great success as a crew chief, a lot of wins, a lot of huge wins, by the way, championship. Uh, but a lot of people may not know you were a driver as well. You drove for quite a while. And I'm curious, do you think that helps you in your role now, communicating with Joey, communicating with Brad? Is your driving career something that, that you lean on uh, when you make your decisions as a crew chief? That's a great question. I mean, obviously I've gotten that a lot over the years. And I think early on, um, out, out of the seat, I think it was a, it was a, definitely a positive for me. Um, you know, understanding, I was fortunate to be able to, I didn't race at all the racetracks, but I've been to a majority of them. Um, so just understanding some of the characteristics of the racetrack, um, you know, bumps, things like that, how the car loads up, the types of feels that you get early on, that communication with the driver when he's breaking down the, the, the corners in the car to me, you can almost put yourself in his shoes, right, and understand it. So that was, I feel like early on was really big for me. Now it's been, been years since, since I drove and, and the cars have evolved so much and just the sport in general. So I probably wouldn't say that I, I feel like that's a, a big positive or strength anymore, but 
for sure early on it was, and, and uh, you know, was fortunate to, to have the opportunity to, to run in the Bush Series some and, and, and learn some of those things. But really, just for me, it's, you know, I've kind of been able to touch every part of a race car and do, do all aspects of it, you know, like you said, from driving to, to building them to chassis, bodies, you know, the whole the whole part. So just trying to learn along the way from everyone I've worked with and, and try to apply that every day and just, um, you know, it's, it's, it's worked for me and I've been fortunate to, to work with some good drivers and, and, um, you know, as you said, I've had a lot of success with Brad and, and now working with Joey, um, they're both obviously championship caliber drivers, but it's interesting how much different, uh, you know, they are and their approaches, you know, and, and, uh, they all, all have different strengths. So it's really trying to build the team and, and uh, cater, you know, to, to the driver's strengths and what works for him. Um, so we're, that's kind of the stage we're at now with Joey is, is trying to do that. You know, the overall approach and, you know, kind of how I set the race cars up is probably not drastically different um, from one driver to the next, but, you know, kind of how we communicate and, and work through a race weekend. You know, Brad's very hands-on when it comes to a lot of how he sees the race playing out, the strategy end of it, uh, where Joey's kind of more of just tell me what I need to, to do out here, you know. And so having to, to work through that and, you know, um, be as the best we can on that side of it is, is something new for me that I'm having to learn with, with the new driver. Yeah, that's a conversation we're going to come back to later in the year for without a doubt. I, I went through a driver change, and it's fascinating how two drivers can be so successful and be so different. Uh, but listen, we appreciate your time here. We know you're busy, Paul, uh, jumping on here and explaining what's going on. I know the fans appreciate it. Good luck down at Darlington. Please, from everybody at NBC, make sure you tell your driver, Joey Logano, congratulations on the new child. Good luck down at Darlington. For everybody watching, a reminder, the 17th of May, NASCAR back on track. You can catch it from our friends at Fox at Darlington. Then again, just a few days later, Wednesday night, they'll be back at Darlington again at a couple races in Charlotte. Paul's going to be a busy guy. This is NASCAR America at Home Edition. Thanks, Paul. You got it, guys. Thanks for having us. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.